Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSight News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you doing? I pray that you are well. I always pray that. Yesterday, I, we read um, a LifeSite News article um, concerning the authority, uh, the full authority of the Pope and the limits of to, to that authority and our duty to obey and the limits of obedience. We never, ever obey heresy. We never, ever obey sin. Um, the same thing with children to the parents. They obey always, not because they agree with the parents, um, but because the parents are their uh, superiors uh, under God. It's only if the parents order a child uh, in, in a way that would make the child sin that the child has to refuse. Um, but I have promised that with all that's going on, the most important thing is that we know our faith and that your children know their faith. And I've said it over and over again one more time. Um, it won't be the last time. If it's the faith is not lived at home, the children won't get it. They get what they see, not necessarily what you tell them. You can send them to church, you can send them to a Catholic school, you can do all kinds of things. If you don't live the faith at home, they'll just see hypocrisy, and they'll see the Catholic faith as something that you do, cultural, it's got nothing to do with their heart. So unless it's lived at home, you must come together as a family and teach the faith and live the faith and pray together. Mother Teresa was known for her statement, the family that prays together stays together, but actually that was a statement from, um, uh, oh, the rosary priest, Father Patrick Payton, and he's absolutely right. So we're going to go to the catechism explained today, the catechism explained, uh, it's the catechism of, of Trent by, uh, commented by and taught uh, by Reverend uh, Sparago. It's available, it's published by Mediatrics Press. It's available many, many places online, Catholic bookstores. And earlier uh, this year, we went through part of it. Um, we, we went through the forward, the prefets, devotions, the prayers and precepts of the church, the prayers which may be used daily at different times, prayers to be said at different times. Um, hold on a minute, let me just to scroll down here. Um, devotions for confession and communion, devotions of the Holy Spirit, special prayers, general survey one and two, parts one, two, and three. Um, we went through the introduction. I'm just giving you the titles of the table of contents, so when you get the book, I don't want to repeat all of that for maybe the majority of you or a good percentage who already heard that. I don't want to go back to, to page one. We also went through the entire introduction, which has three parts. For what end are we on this earth? Secondly, how are we to attain to eternal happiness? And thirdly, can we attain perfect happiness on earth? And you should all know the answer to those questions. And your children should already know 
if they're already seven, seven years old, they should know the answer to all those questions by now. And if they don't, parents, you need to get busy. And if you don't know the answer to those questions, um, I bet you do in your heart, but you need to be able to explain it uh, to your children, to your spouse, to your friends, to your relatives, to people who don't know God. You need to be able to give what God has given you. So we are going to begin with part one, which is faith, and it begins with the knowledge of God. Um, It's actually... Um, I have the book on Kindle on my computer, and it's page 55 of 993 pages, <laughs> at least on my computer um, in the size I have the type, so forget that's not reality to you. But in the knowledge of God, dear ones, and I will interrupt the reading of this catechism or our t- uh, speaking about it when there is something um, urgent or very, very important uh, for us to communicate on. Um, And so it begins, the knowledge of God consists in the knowledge of his perfections, his works, his will, and the means of grace instituted by him. St. Paul bids us increase in the knowledge of God, his writings to the Colossians. Now we only know God through a glass, he says to the Corinthians. We only know God through a glass in a dark manner. Only in heaven shall we see him face to face and have a clear knowledge of his perfections. Number one under the Part one, the knowledge of God, subtitle one, is the happiness of the angels and the saints consists in the knowledge of God. Our Lord tells us that this, John 17, this is eternal life, that they may know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. So I'll comment through this, dear one, so we can kind of go through it together. Um, People say, I know God. Well, You don't know God unless you truly know our Lord Jesus Christ, the only, and the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Um, Unless you know him, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. And the the word know there, there's a couple of words in Greek. Gnosis is knowledge. Epignosis is a deep, deep knowledge. If you say, oh, I know Jane Smith, well, You might know who she is, but her husband or her friend might say, oh, I know her. And because they know her as a person, they know her more intimately. And that's the knowledge we need to have of God, not just the fact of his existence. Continuing, this is the food of which the archangel Raphael spoke when he said to Tobias, I use an invisible meat and drink which cannot be seen by men. Tobias chapter 12, that's what Jesus spoke about in John chapter 6. Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. In heaven, the saints and angels have an immediate knowledge of God in the beatific vision. We on earth only know God through the medium of his works and of what he has revealed to us. Our knowledge 
compared with that of the saints and angels, is like the knowledge of a country that one gets from maps and pictures, as compared with knowledge of one who has himself visited it. That's a better uh, analogy than I made. So we can have a map of uh, Russia, but someone who's been there uh, knows Russia a lot better. Point two, the knowledge of God is all important, for without it, it, for without it there cannot be any happiness on earth or a well-ordered life. Do you hear that? So you can have an atheist, a friend who's an atheist, seems to be very, very disciplined, and maybe he has a well-ordered life, but not well-ordered according to God because he doesn't pray, you can't have a well-ordered life without prayer. Um, and he is certainly not happy inside. He may be temporarily happy over earthly pleasures or fortunes or success, but there's no, it is not well with his soul. The knowledge of God is the food of our soul. Without it, the soul feels hungry. We become discontented. He who does not possess interior peace cannot enjoy riches, health, or any of the goods of this life. They all become distasteful to him. I think one of the uh, examples that stays in my mind, if any of you have seen Chariots of Fire, when Eric Liddell um, won, um, uh, he, well, Eric Liddell, and I forget the Jewish fellow who, who competed also, it was the Jewish fellow who ran, on a Sunday, Eric Lydell was a Christian and would not run on a Sunday, and so therefore didn't win. But Eric Lydell had Christ, and he was happy. And the Jewish fellow who ran on Sunday and who won, it was his goal in life, he won. And after that, he just visited a bar and got drunk and had no other goals or purpose. Now, an Orthodox Jew who knows God and, and who lives his faith uh, would not be all wrapped up uh, his, his entire pleasure and well-being would not be in the winning of a race. But still, apart from Christ, there's no deep, uh, eternal happiness and true hope. Without it, without the true knowledge of God, a personal relationship with God, a personal knowledge of God, not a history book, not a fact book, but personal Without it, the soul feels hungry. We become discontented. He who does not possess interior peace cannot enjoy riches, health, or any of the goods of this life. They all become distasteful to him. Even husbands and wives become distasteful, beloved, because our, if our happiness depends on them, if our happiness depends on a woman's husband understanding her, satisfying her needs, for uh, any kind of need, including any kind of intimacy and, and being heard and being understood and being known and being listened to. If her happiness depends on that for her husband, by her husband, she's not walking with God. And she cannot serve and give to her husband or love him the way God wants her to love him. Um, she cannot give 100% if her happiness depends on what he gives her. He cannot give 100% if his happiness depends on the state of his wife, on her holiness, on her purity, on her service to him, on her obedience to him. 
he cannot be happy. Both have to walk with God. Our happiness, beloved, comes from God and is not and should not be altered by what others think of us or how they treat us. The Catholic Drive Time, weekday morning, 7 a.m. on the Station of the Cross and the iCatholic Radio app. Hi, this is Joe McLean, host of the Catholic Drive Time Morning Show, joining you on the Station of the Cross each weekday morning at 7 a.m. We'll keep you informed and inspired with insightful guests and breaking news stories of the day. We'll see you then. May God love you. Praise be to Jesus. Are you holding on to an old car or truck because you think dealers won't want it? Then consider donating it to the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. This is a great way to turn your unvalued vehicle into a powerful gift for Catholic Radio. You'll be taking part in our evangelization efforts to continue spreading Christ's love throughout the world. Our Lord uses Catholic Radio to draw more people to Himself, and one of the best ways to support the Station of the Cross is by contributing to our vehicle donation program. The process is safe and simple. Your generosity will greatly benefit our mission to bring the truths of the Catholic faith to countless listeners. To find out more or to donate your vehicle today, visit thestationofthecross.com or call 1-866-628-CARS. That's thestationofthecross.com or 1-866-628-2277. The Catholic Current, bringing Christ to the world and the world to Christ. In the age of synodality that we're supposedly living in now, people swoon at the word listening. There's two kinds of listening. One is kind of a customer survey. Now, we've heard your comments and we're going to go with thin crust pizza from now on. But there's the other kind of listening where God teaches us, where we are silent. The Catholic Current, 5 p.m. Eastern, from the Station of the Cross and on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This, I am Mother Miriam, and I am live, <laughs> and I'm happy to be with you. And um, yesterday was a special day where we didn't take your emails and calls and texts, but today we will go back, and after the second break, we'll have the whole half hour to ourselves, and our lines will be wide open. You're welcome to call in. Well, they are wide open now. You can call in at any time, toll-free, one 511 5483 or email at mother at and you can text at that toll-free number as well. We are at sub-point two under the knowledge of God um, and uh, the point is that uh, the knowledge of God is full for us all. We can't know him uh, as we know facts. We need to know him as we know and love deeply, intimately a person. Without it, the soul is hungry, and yet, um, um, uh, yet few think about this food for the soul—the um, very life of God within us. Few think about this food for the soul. They busy themselves, as our Lord says, with the meat that perishes. That's John chapter six. Without the knowledge of God, 
A man is like one who walks in the dark and stumbles at every step. He has no end or aim in life, no consolation in misfortune, and no hope in death. Recently, I know of somebody who, uh, well, I've known a number of people who uh, failed in their goals. And I I gave one example from... um, chariots of fire before the break and when they fail and i'm talking catholics now they get depressed they they just can't deal with people uh, they're unhappy uh, they don't know what to do next and that person may call themselves catholic and they may go to church on sunday but they don't know god they're not walking with god they know who he is but they don't know him they know about him and i'm not saying they're not catholic but they don't have a relationship with him. They get inward and sulk and get depressed, and that is not a person walking with God. Um, uh, A man, a woman, cannot have any solid or lasting happiness or any true contentment. Uh, uh, The Catechism says, I'm reading from the Catechism Explained, and I keep interjecting comments, and I I know sometimes you can't tell what I'm reading or what my comment is, but... Um, we'll just have it flow that way, I think. Uh, rather than my saying, go back to the text, this is my comment, we'll just talk through it. Without, this is the text, without a knowledge of God, a well-ordered life is impossible. Do you hear that? Without a knowledge of God, a well-ordered life is impossible. And you say, forget you. I have a well-ordered life. I'm successful in business. I go to the gym. I do this. I do that. I'm successful. I have a well-ordered life. No, you do not. You have a self-ordered life. It's not a well-ordered life. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. All your organization, all your discipline, all your successes are wood, hay, and stubble. They will mean nothing in eternal life. Someone once gave me a plaque that says, only one life, it will soon be passed, and only what's done for Christ will last. Without the knowledge of God, you cannot have a well-ordered life, and you will not be in heaven. Just as an untilled field produces no good fruit, so a man who has not the knowledge of God can produce no good works. Ignorance and forgetfulness of God are the causes of most of the sins that men commit. Rash and false oaths, neglect of the service of God and of the sacraments, the love of gold, the sinful indulgence of the passions, are all due to willful ignorance and forgetfulness of God. Willful ignorance and forgetfulness of God. Thus the prophet Hosea exclaims, There is no knowledge of God in the land, Cursing and lying and killing and theft and adultery have overflowed. That's Hosea chapter 4. And St. Ignatius of Loyola cries out, O God, thou joy of my soul, if only men knew thee, they never would offend thee. And experience shows that in the jails, the greater part of the prisoners are those who knew nothing of God. When Frederick of Prussia at length recognized that the want of the knowledge of God was the cause of the increase in crime, he exclaimed, 
then I will have religion introduced into the country. This is why the learning and the understanding of the catechism, which is nothing else than an abridgment of the Christian religion, is all important. But a mere knowledge of the truths of religion is not sufficient. They must also be practiced. Can you imagine? A 900-page catechism is simply an abridgment, the Catechism of Trent, and its commentary is merely an abridgment of the Christian religion. That's right. Uh, the Apostle wrote, uh, John wrote, if, if uh, the world contained everything Jesus did and said, um, there wouldn't be room for all the books. And still, there wouldn't be room for everything we know. But he says, a mere knowledge of the truths of religion is not sufficient. They must also be practiced. If you don't practice them, beloved, you will not know them. Um, You have to do in order to know. And you say, well, I practice my faith. I go to church on Sunday, and I pray the rosary once a week. And, you know, I keep the Ten Commandments, I try. You're not practicing faith. If you don't pray every single day, if you don't study and learn the faith, you cannot live what you don't know, and you cannot give what you don't know. Point three, under the knowledge of faith, says, we arrive at a right knowledge of God through faith in the truths which God has revealed. I've come through Easter, beloved, through the Triduum, and most people don't even know the word Triduum. They don't know what Holy Thursday is about. It's it's tragic. These are Catholics today. It's tragic. Who are we to blame? Well, I was never taught that, people say. Well, fine. You were never, it's not fine. The bishops and the priests will be accountable for what they've done and failed to do. But we are responsible to know our faith. We can read and write. It's one thing prior to the 16th century when there was no uh, printing press and it took a year for someone to just write the Bible by hand and it was too expensive for most people to buy at that point. It's one thing we learned through what was taught us and we learned through uh, stained glass windows that taught us the faith. We learned through art. But now, beloved, we have the printing press. We can read and write. Most of us can. And those that can, can read to those who cannot. We are responsible. When we stand before God, it will never be an excuse our priest didn't teach us, our bishop didn't teach us, or our priest and bishop taught us heresy. God will say they will be accountable for what they've done and failed to do. But you are given the faith through your baptism, through your confirmation, through the sacraments, through the teachings of the church for 2,000 years, the church fathers, um, the many books and scriptures and, and commentaries, there's no excuse for anyone not knowing their faith. The Catechism goes on to say it is true that by means of reason and from the contemplation of the creatures that God has made, man can arrive at a knowledge of God. That's Romans one twenty. The heavens declare the glory of God. But our reason is so weak and prone to error 
that without revelation it is very difficult for man to attain to a clear and correct knowledge of God. What strange and perverted views of the deity we find among heathen nations. Wisdom chapter 9 tells us that. God, therefore, in his mercy, comes to our aid with revelation. Through believing the truths that God has revealed, man attains to a clear and correct knowledge of God. Hence, St. Anselm says, quote, The more I am nourished with the food of faith, the more my understanding is satisfied, end quote. Faith is a divine light that shines in our souls. Paul wrote that to the Corinthians. It is like a watchtower from which we can see that which cannot be seen from the plain below. Not the watchtower publication of the Jehovah's Witnesses. They are not Christian. They do not believe in the Trinity. They do not believe that Jesus is God. They do not believe that there's a heaven and a hell. But faith is like a watchtower from which we can see that which cannot be seen from the plain below. We learn respecting God, that which cannot be learned by mere reason from the world around. It is a glass through which we perceive all the divine perfections. It is a staff which supports our feeble reason and enables it to know God better. There are two books from which we gain a knowledge of God. One, the book of nature, because again, the heavens show forth the glory of God. What is the glory of God? The sum of his perfections, all that he is. And secondly, Holy Scripture, which is the book of Revelation. And we're going to go to part two uh, tomorrow, and we'll begin it today. One Part one was the knowledge of God. Part two is divine revelation. I'll just begin before we go to our second break. If anyone stands in a room behind a gauze curtain, he perceives all those who are passing in the street, and they see him not. But if he makes himself known by speaking, the passers-by are able to recognize him. Such is our relationship to God. He sees us, but conceals himself from our eyes. Yet he has in many ways made himself known to men, to Abraham, to Moses in the burning bush, to the Israelites on Mount Sinai, etc. And subpoint one under the divine revelation is that God has in his mercy, in the course of ages, often revealed himself to men. That's straight from the book of Hebrews, chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. God has in his mercy in the course of ages, often revealed himself to men. He has often communicated to men a knowledge of his perfections, his decrees, and his holy will. Such revelation is called supernatural, as opposed to the natural revelation of himself that he makes through the external world. Everyone, beloved, there's the music for our second break, Everyone is created, Romans 19, Romans chapter 1, verses 19 and 20. Everyone is created with the knowledge of God, not the knowledge of Jesus Christ, but the knowledge that God is, exists. Everyone is created with the knowledge of God in him. And apart from special revelation, we would not know Jesus Christ, and we would not know his word. That is the special revelation of God, which man cannot know 
by reason alone, but everyone can know that there is a God by creation and by the knowledge of God, which God himself put, puts in our heart at creating us in our mother's womb. Feel free, dear ones, to call in during the break and after with anything on your heart. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for October 26th. Today we celebrate St. Peter of Alcantara. Reform of the Church was the challenge of the 16th century. Today's saint directed all his energies to that end, including his focus on personal reform. After studying at the University of Salamanca, Peter joined a small branch of the Franciscans in 1515. He was soon recognized for his gifts, serving as superior of a new house before his ordination and as provincial before he had reached age 40. Whatever position he held, he was not above washing dishes and cutting wood for the friars, asking little for himself regarding food and clothing. A successful preacher, he never gave in to the prejudices and passions of the day. Later, Peter obtained permission to form a group of friars who would follow the rule of St. Francis with even greater rigor. Members of the community slept in small cells, abstained from meat and wine, and begged for their food. Eventually, they became part of the Order of Friars Minor. Toward the end of his life, Peter offered spiritual direction to St. Teresa of Avila, encouraging her in the reform of the Carmelite Order. He died in 1562 and was canonized in 1669. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. For 2,000 years, we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children, developed the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit catholicscomehome.org today. Welcome home. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. I am Mother Miriam and we are live and we have... a entire half hour all to ourselves and you are invited to call in with anything on your heart uh, the matter the heart of the matter is the matter of your heart it does not have to be our subject um, call in or text toll free 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at the station of the cross dot com um, let me see here we have an email from francis who says, Hi, Mother Miriam. I hope this email uh, finds you well. I am, Francis. Thank you. I have a question to ask. If I know my priests are Masons, can I still take communion from them? Thank you and God bless you. Kind regards, Francis. The answer is yes, Francis, because um, I'm not, I know I'm going to say this wrong, ex. Uh, Operato, God functions outside the state of the priest. 
um, he functions through the priest. When the priest says, this is my body, we said this a day or two ago, it is Christ, the high priest, saying, this is my body, through the priest. And so that little piece of bread, wheat and water that he holds, becomes Christ's body, just as he commanded so at the Last Supper, and matzah became his body. And the same thing with the wine. This is my blood. Wine obeys God and becomes his blood. It is Christ speaking through the instrumentality of his priest. So if the priest could be in mortal sin, he could be a mason, he could be an atheist, he could be a communist, but God protects. Otherwise, we would never know if, if it were up to us to judge or to know facts about the priest or his personal life, we would never, ever know if the Eucharist is valid. So yes, it is valid. As long as the priest does what the church intends, follows the formula, then it is valid. But if you know your priest is a Mason, I would uh, hopefully, respectfully make an appointment with him um, and speak with him about it and bring him information about Masons. I've met a number of Catholics who are Masons, and they have no clue how demonic it is. They have no clue that it's not at all of God. It would be amazing to me for a priest to be that ignorant um, and to not know. And so um, I would go to your priest and say, this is what Masons believe. This is what they do at their upper echelon and all of that. Um, uh, I understand you're a Mason. Is that true? May I ask why you are a Mason or, or what um, you know that I don't understand? Ask respectfully. Based on his answer, you might be able to help him to come out of being a Mason. If you cannot, um, I would say to him, I think it's dangerous for the faithful to have a Mason as a priest because that is a demonic sect who has for centuries tried to destroy the Catholic Church and not being able to destroy it from without, uh, they came into the church to destroy it from within. And I think it's very um, demonic and bad and poor for uh, any priest to be a Mason and be the pastor of a church. If you don't agree... Um, I want you to know that I'm going to take it to the bishop. Don't go to the bishop without the priest knowing. You can make an appointment with the bishop. You can write him a letter. If you write him a letter, copy the priest on the letter. Um, and see what the bishop says. And if the bishop will not do anything about it, um, you certainly can write to Rome to tell him that the bishop is okay with the priest being a mason. The bishop might be a mason too, for all I know. Um, I don't. I wouldn't hold out too too many high hopes of hearing back from Rome, but you can try. But I would definitely go to a different parish and not continue with that parish. Okay, now we have an email from Francine. The previous one was Francis. This one is Francine, who says, "Good morning, Mother. My parish priest refused to say the Saint Michael prayer after Mass because he said we have enough prayers to say. Shame on him! How can that be possible?" How can I convince him to allow it? Well, you may not be able to convince him, but it was tradition, uh, always tradition, after Mass, after low Mass, to, to say three Hail Marys, the Hail Holy Queen, the St. Michael's Prayer, and, and um, um, Sacred Heart of Jesus. Uh, that was the norm, 
and um, I've looked it up here, uh, the mass, um, the practice was always the same um, of reciting St. Michael prayer with uh, the other Leonine prayers after mass, but it was suppressed officially um, by um, the 26th of September, 1964, um, by um, uh, the instruction Ecumenici, which came into effect on 7th March 65. So it followed uh, Vatican Council changes um, that um, um, it was suppressed. But there's a note here, and I've got Wikipedia on that. Um, um, let me just see. Uh, if you just... Uh, St. James Catholic Church has a note that after... Uh, to, well, not after, but two years ago, Pope Francis, recognizing the many spiritual battles evident within the church and beyond, asked for the faithful to regularly pray the prayer to St. Michael, the archangel. Um, and so uh, St. James Catholic Church, who put this on their website, said it's been the custom of St. James to pray this prayer along with several others following every single Mass. We should. And where we attend here in Tyler, the St. Michael prayer is prayed after every single Mass, and it should be beloved. And you should pray the rosary with your family every day and again include the St. Michael prayer. Okay, let me see now. We have an email from Karina who says, um, Hello, Mother Miriam. I want to know if I will be able to be saved. Now, before I read the email, I haven't read it. I, I, the answer is yes. The answer is yes. There is no one who is beyond being saved, uh, including... Uh, Judas could have made the decision to be saved had he turned in humility for forgiveness to God, but he didn't. Um, Jesus died for every single soul. Does that mean every single soul will be saved? Does that mean heaven will be empty? No, Bishop Barham, it does not mean that at all. Does it mean there's a reasonable hope everyone will go to heaven? Absolutely not. All one needs to do is receive the grace and the gift of life that Jesus died to give you. How do you receive that? Through repentance, confession of your sins, and uh, being restored to the church, to the grace of God. So let me just see this here now. So Karina says, I was married 12 years ago. I got divorced by the law. I have three kids out of marriage. Two years ago, I got married again. We are both Catholic and go to Mass every Sunday. We wish we could receive the Holy Eucharist. We try to be good Catholic people and be an example for our kids. What can we do to be able to save our souls? Well, at this point, without reading the rest of your email, Karina, um, <clears throat> If you try to be good Catholic people, then you will refrain from intimacy in marriage. The fact that you uh, don't receive the Eucharist um, is not good enough. If you truly love God and you want to be good Catholic people, you will live as brother and sister and get an annulment of your previous marriage. Otherwise, you are not good Catholic people. You need to live as brother and sister until 
you might be granted a degree of nullity. And if you cannot get that degree, you separate. What can we do to be able to save our souls? To repent and live a truly holy Catholic life. Let me read the rest of your email. She says, my husband was never married by the church. I requested the annulment of my marriage and was accepted. Good. I am waiting for the process to be finished. Good. What can we do while the process is done? Until the process, I think you mean. Um, And I would just say, as I already said, live a holy life. Live as brother and sister. Go to confession for not living as brother and sister up until now. If that's been the case, go to confession, both of you. And then if you go to confession and you live as brother and sister, you will be able to receive Holy Communion. And she says, what could we do while the process is being done? Just that. Um, What if something happens to one of us and we die before we were able to determine if it is God's will to get married by the church? Don't worry about that. Go to confession for your infidelity in having gotten married again and intimacy between you, and then go to confession and live as brother and sister, be holy, um, and if you die in that state and you're faithful Catholics, again, you can receive the Eucharist if you've been forgiven, and you die in that state, you will go to heaven. Uh, As long as you're in a state of grace, do that immediately. Uh, Today is Tuesday. No, it's Wednesday. Don't wait till Saturday. Both of you, go to church, go to your priest individually, and ask for forgiveness. Say, I want to return to holiness and to the church. And you, dear one, you could say, my, 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 my process of annulment is in process, and my husband uh, uh, hasn't gotten his. He must. Even if he was never married by the church, he must be judged by the tribunal, the Catholic tribunal of the church, if he was baptized especially. So he must be. And while that process is taking place, um, you just go to confession, confess your sins, and live a pure life. Um, uh, from that point on, remain in a state of grace, uh, remain separated, even though you're under the same roof. Um, and if your annulments are not granted, you simply need to separate. Um, and if you die in that state, you will, you will, the state of grace, you'll be in heaven. Um, Karina writes, thank you for your advice. Mother Miriam, God bless your love and courage to keep our faith and church alive. Well, it is the grace of God that keeps our faith alive, and I certainly don't keep the church alive. It is the church of Christ against which the gates of hell will never prevail. But I know what you're saying, Karina, and I thank you, dear one. We have a call from Raphael in Florida. Hi, Raphael. Hey, Mother Miriam. How are you doing? Okay. Oh, yes, you called two days ago, didn't you? I couldn't take calls yesterday. So good. I'm glad you called back, dear. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for taking my call. So, yeah, basically the situation is that I was raised as a Jehovah's Witness. And um, about two years ago, I just wanted to, I was very devout at the time, and I just wanted to research logically just to make sure that what I was in was the truth according to the Bible. And then... I researched, you know, very logically, and I found out that, um, you know, it wasn't. So you can imagine my disappointment, right? I can. <laughs> and um, yes, yes. So from that point, I just researched into 
you know, there's, you know, Protestants will say this, Catholics say this, and I eventually found out that Catholic faith was the one true faith. Bless you. Bless you um, be God. Yes, thank you, thank you. And um, so just from that point, that was about a year ago, and Mm -hmm. so I've just been trying to slowly make enough money to move out. That way I can, you know, go to church and fully become Catholic and go to confession Mm -hmm. things like that. But I just can't go to church right now because my parents have, our whole family has a, an app that tracks where everyone goes. So I wouldn't an be able to. app that tracks where everyone goes? Yeah, yeah. Just, you know, in case someone gets lost or something like that. Oh, but, you know. wow. Oh, wow, <laughs> yes, Raphael. I know, I know. Okay, sweetheart. Um, uh, there's the music for our break. Will you hold on till after the break? And, and I'll respond to you. Oh, I remember you're over 18, so that, that informs our response. So hold on, Raphael. And anyone else, when we come back from the break, if you wish to call in, we'll have 10 minutes, and I think you'll have time to call in. Uh, Toll-free, 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at com. We'll be right back. beloved, this is Mother Miriam. Many of you are familiar with Mother Miriam Live, but I wonder if you have listened to some of the other programs from the Station of the Cross, such as The Catholic Current. Father Robert McTague discusses important topics in the church and in the world each weekday at 5 p.m. Eastern. You can listen anytime to The Catholic Current as a podcast on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question. Why is your Protestant Bible four ounces lighter than my Catholic Bible? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, a faulty scale? Nope. Well, maybe it's just the weight of the paper or the cover or the binding or some introductory comments. We wish it were just that simple. No, it's the seven books that got dismissed by team Martin Luther. Secondly, audacity. Audacity allowed Luther and others to extract time-tested truths of Scripture and key letters from the canon. What? Yes, about 1,200 years after the Bible canon was fully established, they rejected seven Old Testament books. Not only that, Luther placed the New Testament books of James and Jude, Hebrews and Revelation in a category called, quote, the disputed books. And thirdly, a pesky comeback. If I were to write a deeply personal letter to my wife regarding our future descendants, don't be taking seven of my choice paragraphs out of that letter. Why? You might be robbing those future descendants of a little bit of who Papa was. Now, don't you do that. I'm Jim Havens, host of The Simple Truth, heard weekdays at 4 p.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross Catholic Media Network. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That verse shattered me. I stopped everyone on the street, Jim. I said, excuse me, you know there's a God. You know you can know him. I wanted a ladder tall enough to reach the moon to tell the world that there's a Savior. That's The Simple Truth, weekdays at 4 p.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. 
Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our last segment. We have 10 minutes, and um, you are welcome to call in with anything on your heart. one 877 Our email address is mother at thestationofthecross.com. We're on the line with Raphael of, uh, from Florida, and Raphael has been a uh, zealous, fervent, uh, devoted, devoted uh, Jehovah's Witness. He grew up that way all his life. And a year ago, he came to discover that the Catholic Church, uh, that Jehovah's Witnesses' uh, uh, theology doesn't square with the Bible, and that the Catholic Church is the true church. But Raphael, you're over 18, you live at home, and you don't have the money to move out, and your parents have an app that tracks everywhere you would go, and you don't know what to do. Did I sum it up all right? Yes, that's a pretty good summary. So, yeah, I mean, there's, you know, I, I've seen more than my share, and I'd love to go to confession, but I, I just can't until I move out. And I, I that's think right. that I'd probably be able to move out, you know, at the least five months, at the most, no more than 10 months. So it's, no it's good. not too far off. But, no good, Raphael. Yeah. No good. I'm going to suggest something to you. And only because you're over 18. Um do you know um, of a, do you know have you ever met with a Catholic priest? Do you know um, do you have a Catholic friend? Do you have someone you can meet with outside the house, outside the church without a Catholic uh, or a priest that you could meet with without going to a Catholic church? A priest that you could call or he could meet you somewhere. Do you know that? did meet someone at the gym that is Catholic and he said he could meet me with me with a, a priest in the future. I, that's okay. something you, you mean. I th- well, it, it is, and that's fantastic. I, I'm trying to do it with, not that you shouldn't be a martyr, but with the least uh, amount of harassment to you. I, I, do you have a way to get a hold of that, that person who said he could meet you with a priest if you go to the gym? Oh, yeah, I have his number. I got his contact information. Okay. And your parents, you know, the the app is that you're going to go to the gym. So how about you telling that person that you want to enter the Catholic Church? Maybe you've already told them that you believe it, but that your parents will track you. And uh, if they know, Raphael, that you want to be Catholic, will they throw you out of the house? Yeah, so basically at that point I would be disfellowshipped and then they would have to kick me out right away and then I wouldn't be able to talk to any of my family or friends ever again. Okay, I I understand that. When I became a Christian from my Jewish background, my parents shut us out for two years. Couldn't even go in their house. So I understand. But because of my uh, animacy, because I said this is the truth, I've come to believe it. I don't blame you for not believing it, but I do. I was accused, I was spit at. I was accused of betraying the Jewish people. I'm not part of the people anymore. All of it. Um, To this day, I'm not allowed in a particular cousin's house in New York. Um, But because I did it anyway, and they know that I'm not a, you know, a crazy person, um, I just betrayed the people, and I betrayed the faith. I betrayed everything as far as they're concerned, and I wasn't allowed in the house. Um, my brother then came to believe also, and then he went to the Catholic Church before I did. We both came to believe as Protestants. And because of our lives, eventually, both my parents came to believe and were baptized. 
their family took away their burial plots. My mother's brother took away my, my parents' burial plots when they found out. But you see, they came to believe. So you might be ostracized, Raphael, but you may be the very one that God has chosen. Not maybe, you are the one God has chosen to pour his grace on that you would see and your heart would be open to the truth to be the leader of your family. They may throw you out in the street. That Let it be. They know you. You're their son. They love you. How did this? How could this be? Have they failed in raising you? Have you, you know, taken into Satan's system? They'll think all kinds of things, but um, you just love them. And any time they ask you, you give them good answers. Don't argue. Um, don't fight. And maybe this friend uh, that you meet at the gym, you could say, if I tell. My parents, or if they know, I'll be thrown out of the house that day. Do you have a bed I could stay in? Could you help me meet with the priest? Maybe he has a place I could stay, and he can help me enter the church. You see? That's what I would do, Raphael. You are a... um, Uh, It'll take courage on your part. We are to honor our mother and father, and you don't want to disobey or dishonor your parents. But again, we honor them in all things. We honor God through them. And when God has showed us what is truth apart from what we have thought, honestly, all our lives, we must follow God. We must follow God. And if you haven't read, uh, have you read Second Maccabees, First and Second Maccabees? Uh, no, I haven't. All right, it's the end of the Catholic Bible, and it was in in the canon of Scripture before um, it was taken out by the Jewish people, actually. But um, uh, read it because there's the most magnificent story in there of a mother with seven sons. And those who came against the Jews, the, the tyrants, the emperors, killed them all one by one if they didn't uh, eat uh, certain foods that the Jews were forbidden to eat and obey what the Jews were forbidden to obey. And there they were with their mother. And from the oldest to the youngest, one by one, they killed the sons in front of the mother. And when it came to the youngest son, they figured, oh, the mother's going to give in. She's not going to let her youngest boy be killed on the spot. And when it came to the youngest one, the mother looked at him and said, son, you honor God. You give glory to God. And that meant be killed. And finally, the mother was also killed. We need to be faithful. And if God chooses that we don't seek to be martyrs, but if God chooses that we be a martyr, so be it. Raphael, you need to ask your Catholic friend, the next call him, say, I'll meet you at the gym. Don't tell him why. You don't have to speak on the phone. I don't know if your phone is wired. But go to the gym and say, I want to enter the Catholic faith. I don't want to deny God anymore. He's given me the grace of showing me the truth, and I cannot hold out because I won't have a place to live. Jesus didn't have a place to live. He had nowhere to lie his head. There are, there are homeless people that sleep on benches. They survive. I can survive too. But ask your friend if he might have a bed or if he can get you together with the priest. The priest 
will find a place for you to stay. I'm telling you this. If it's a sleepy bag on the church floor, he'll find a place for you, and he can help you enter the church. Gotcha. Okay. I'll, I'll definitely think about that and talk with him. Very, very good. And I, I'd love to know um, how you're doing and what happens. And I will go back and speak to my sisters in our community, and we will be praying for you, Raphael. And I ask all our listeners to pray for you. God bless you, dear one. Thank you. Have a good day. You too, sweetheart. Amy, you're on the phone from Massachusetts, and we have about 30 seconds or a minute left to the program. Um, Would you like to begin with your question? Sure. It was more of just uh, a quick story to tell you that happened to me today. I was having a rough morning. Uh, I'll make it quick. I I was having a rough morning, and I decided to sit down and take a minute. And I started untying some necklaces that I was planning to send my cousin, who is very religious, very Catholic person. And uh, as I was untying the necklaces, I I looked up and went to grab a pen to uh, put the envelope together for her. And I found a prayer card out of just out of my things that I didn't know was there, and it said, "Mother Mary, untire of not." I'm an utter goosebump. There's the last second of our music, Amy. Blessed be God forever. She untied those necklaces. God bless you, sweetheart. 